I'm a gun lover, a veteran, and a family man. I believe in the Second Amendment and responsible gun ownership. I'm Skip, and this is Gunsmoke. Hey, y'all, we're back. Just like to say hi to all our friends that I've just got to notice that we've got people over in the UK and Ireland listening to us, so I'd like to say hi to you guys. Anyway, in the last podcast, we were talking about cartridge ammo, and uh, like I said, I'll repeat, I'll back up and say what, what, what we're all brought this on. I was over at Buddy's house, of course, and he's a gun freak, just like myself, and during the conversation, a friend of his asked just how a bullet cartridge worked, which struck me kind of odd, and I wondered just how many people are out there that really don't know what happens when you pull the trigger, and other than it going bang. So I decided to look into it and did uh, a lot of learning myself. So much of that info came up, uh, so, so much came up that uh, I have to do this in two parts, and right now we're in uh, part two. And that's due to the kind restraints I have with Anchor, and there's so much shit to just pass along to you. Now, we left off with the American Civil War, 1861 to 1865. Uh, Breech-loading rifles, the Sharps, was introduced, and it produced in large numbers. It could be loaded with either a ball or a paper cartridge. After that war, many were converted to use metal cartridges. Now, the development by Smith & Wesson, among among many others, of the revolving handguns that used metal cartridges helped establish cartridge firearms as the standard in the U.S. by the late 1860s and early 1870s, although many continued to use percussion revolvers after that also. Now, the 8mm Lebel ammunition uh, developed in 1886 was the first smokeless powder cartridge to be made and adopted by any country. Most all of the early all-metallic cartridges were of the pin-fire or rim-fire design types. And um, the first center-fire metallic cartridge was invented by John Samuel Pauley in the first uh, decades of the 19th century. However, although it was the first cartridge to use a form of arbitration, a feature uh, integral to the successful breech-loading cartridge, uh, cartridge Ollie died before it was converted into a percussion cap ignition site. Frenchman Louis Nicolas Flaubert, he uh, invented the first rimfire metallic cartridge in 1845. His cartridge consisted of a percussion cap with a bullet attached to the top. Flaubert then made what he called parlor guns for this cartridge, as these rifles and pistols were designed to be shot indoor and in indoor shooting parlors in large homes. These 6mm Flaubert cartridges did not contain any powder. The only propellant substance contained in the cartridge was the percussion cap. In English-speaking countries, the 6mm Flaubert cartridge uh, corresponds to the 22.22 BB cap and the .22 CB cap ammunition. These cartridges have a relatively low muzzle velocity of around 700 feet per second. French gunsmith... Benjamin Howler uh, improved on the Lafayette pin cart- uh, pinfire cardboard cartridge by pat- uh, and patented it in Paris in 1846. The first fully metallic pinfire cartridge containing powder and a pinfire in a metallic cartridge. 
He also included in his patent claims rim and center fire prime cartridge using brass or copper casings. Hilaire commercialized his weapons in association with the gunsmiths Black Blashard and Charles Robert. In the United States in 1857, the Flaubert cartridge inspired the 22 short, which is another rimfire, especially conceived for the first American revolver using rimfire cartridges, which was the Smith & Wesson Model 1. A year before, in 1856, Lamotte revolver was the first American French-designed breech-loading firearm, but it used pinfire cartridges, not rimfire. Formerly an employee of Colt's fire, Patent Firearms Manufacturing Company, Roland White, had been the first uh, in America to conceive the idea of having a revolver cylinder bored through to accept metallic cartridges. That was around 1852. With the first in the world to use bored through cylinders probably having been Lafourchot in 1845 who invented a pepper box revolver loaded from the rear using bored through cylinders. Another possible claimant for the bored through cylinder was a Frenchman by the name of Perrin uh, who allegedly pro uh, produced in 1839 a pepper box revolver with a bored through cylinder to order. Uh, other possible claimants include Desmay of France in 1834 or 1842, who claimed to have produced a breech-loading revolver in that period, through his, though his claim was later judged as lacking in evidence by French courts. Anne Herthog and Duvos and Meherby in Rissac of Belgium. Get all that? Eh, who also filed patents for breech-loading revolvers in 1853. However, Samuel Colt refused his innovation. While uh, White left Colt and went to Smith & Wesson to uh, rent a license for his patent, and this is now the Smith & Wesson Model 1, and it saw the light of day in 1857. The patent didn't definitely expire until 1870, allowing Smith & Wesson's competitors uh, to design and commercialize their own revolving breech loaders uh, using metallic cartridges. Famous models of that time are the Colt's Open Top, 1871-1872, and the Single Action Army Peacemaker, uh, and the Single Action Army. Now, the Peacemaker in 1873 was in that group also. But in rifles, the lever-action mechanism patents were not obstructed by Roland White's patent infringement because White only held a patent concerning drilled cylinders and revolving mechanisms. Thus, larger caliber rimfire cartridges were search, uh, soon introduced after 1857, when uh, Smith & Wesson 22 short ammunition was introduced for the first time. Um, some of these rifle cartridges were used in the American Civil War, by the way, including the 44 Henry and the 5656 Spencer, both in 1860. However, the large rimfire cartridges were soon replaced by centerfire cartridges, uh, which could be uh, safely handled at higher pressures. In 1867, the British War Office adopted the Elive Boxer metallic cartridge, uh, center fire cartridge, in case of, uh, in the case of the pattern 1853 rifles, which were converted to Snyder infield breech loaders. On the Snyder, uh, that was on a Snyder principle. This consisted of a block opening on a hinge, thus forming a false breech against uh, which the cartridge could uh, rest. 
The priming cap was in the base of the cartridge and discharged by a striker passing through the breech block. Other European powers adopted uh, breech-loading military rifles from 1866 to 1868. That's with uh, paper instead of metallic cases. The original Eli Boxer cartridge was a uh, cartridge case was made of thin coiled brass. Now, occasionally these cartridges would break apart and jam in the breech with the unwound remains of the case upon firing. Later, the solid drawn centerfire cartridge case made the uh, one entire solid piece through t uh, of tough hard metal, an alloy of copper and solid uh, head of made of a thicker metal, which had been generally substituted with steel. Centerfire cartridges with uh, solid drawn metallic cases containing their own means of ignition are almost universally used in all modern varieties of military and sporting rifles and pistols. Around 1870, machine tolerances had improved to the point that the cartridge case was no longer necessary to seal the firing chamber. Precision face uh, bolts would uh, seal as well. Just close a bolt, lock it in there. That'll do the job. And could be economically manufactured. However, uh, normal wear and tear provided this system to be generally infeasible. Cartridges are classified by some of the major characteristics. One classification is the location of the primer. Earlier primers uh, began with pin fire, then rim fire, and finally center fire. Another classification describes how cartridges are located in the chamber. That's called headspace. Rimmed cartridges are located with the rim at the rear of the cartridge head. The rim is also used to extract the cartridge from the chamber. Examples are the 22 long rifle, 303 British, and so on. In rimless cartridges, the cartridge head diameter is about the same as uh, or smaller than the body diameter. The head will have a groove so that the cartridge can be extracted from the chamber. Locating the cartridge in the chamber is accomplished by other means. Some rimless cartridges are neck down and they are positioned by the cartridge's shoulder. As an example, you'd have the 30-06 Springfield. Now, pistol cartridges may be located by the end of the brass case. An example would be 45 ACP. A belted cartridge has a larger diameter bend, a band rather, at the uh, end uh, of the thick metal near the head of the cartridge. Damn, I'm having a bad day today. Hmm. Yeah, an example of that would be the 300 Weatherby Magnum. An extreme version of the rimless cartridge is, a, uh, is the rebated case. Guns employing advanced primer ignition, such as uh, in such a case, because the case moves during firing, for example. It's not located in a fixed position. An example of that would be the 20 millimeter by 110 RB Russian. The centerfire cartridge has uh, a centrally located primer held within a recess in the case head. Most centerfire brass cases would uh, used worldwide for sporting ammunition use boxer primers. It is easy to remove and replace, and boxer primers are used uh, a standard for reloading. Uh, use standard reloading tools facilitating reuse. I'm a reloader, and I'm a big fan of boxer. Don't bring any bird hands in here. Ooh, we'll talk about that. Some European and Asian manufactured uh, military and sporting ammunition use Burdan primers. Removing the spent primer from decapping these, uh, these cases requires the use of special tooling because the primer anvil 
or which the primer compound is crushed, is an integral part of the case, and the case therefore does not have a central hole through which a decapping tool can push the primer out from the inside, as done with boxer primers. In Berdan cases, the uh, flash holes, holes, there's two of them, are located on the sides of the anvil. With uh, the right tool and components, reloading Burdan primer primed cases is perfectly feasible. However, Burdan primers are not readily available in the U.S. Refire, rimfire priming was popular solution for uh, before centerfire priming was perfected. In a rimfire case, centrifugal force uh, uh, pushes a liquid priming compound into the internal recesses of the folded rim as the manufacturer spins the case at a high rate and heats up the spinning case to dry the priming compound mixture in place with the hollow cavity formed with within the rim fold at the perimeter of the case interior. In the mid to late 1800s many rim fire cartridge designs existed. Today, only a few, mostly for use in smaller caliber guns, remaining in general and widespread use. These include the 17 Mach 2 to 17 Hornady Magnum Rimfire HMR, 5mm Remington Magnum uh, Rim Mag, 22 BB CB Short Long Long Rifle, and 22 Winchester Magnum Rimfire. Compared to modern centerfire cases used in the strongest types of modern guns, existing rimfire cartridges designs uh, use loads that generate relatively low pressures because of the limitations of feasible gun design. The rim has little or no lateral support from the gun, and uh, such support would require very close tolerance in design uh, of the chamber bolt, chamber bolt and firing pin. Because of that, uh, because that is not cost-effective, it is necessary to keep uh, rimfire load pressures low enough so that the stress generated by the chamber pressure that would push the case uh, rim outward cannot expand in uh, the rim significantly. Also, the wall of the uh, folded rim must be uh, thin and ductile enough to easily deform as necessary to allow the blow from the firing pin to crush and thereby ignite the priming compound and it must do so without rupturing. It, uh, if it's uh, too thick, it'll be too resistant to deformation, and uh, if it's too hard, it'll crack rather than deform. These two limitations, that the rim is, is uh, self-supporting laterally and the rim is thin and ductile enough to easily crush in response to the firing pin impact, limit rim fire pressures. Modern centerfire cartridges are often loaded with about 65,000 PSI, maximum pr chamber pressure. Conversely, no commercialized rimfire has ever been loaded enough uh, above 40,000 PSI, maximum chamber pressure. However, with careful gun design and production, no fundamental reason exists that higher pressures could not be used. Despite the relative pressure disadvantage modern rimfire magnums in uh, 17 caliber 4.5 millimeter 20 caliber 5 millimeter and 22 caliber generate muzzle energies comparable to smaller centerfire cartridges 
Today, 22 long rifle accounts for the vast majority of rimfire ammunition used. Standard 22 long rifle cartridge uh, uses essentially pure lead bullet plated with a typical 95% copper, 5% zinc combination. These are offered in supersonic and subsonic types as well as target, plinking, and hunting versions. These cartridges are usually coated with a hard wax for following control. The 22 long rifle and related rimfire 22 cartridges use a healed bullet where uh, external diameter of the case is the same as the diameter of the forward portion of the bullet and where the rearward portion of the bullet, which extends into the case, is necessarily smaller in diameter than the main body of the bullet. Most revolver cartridges have a rim at the base of the case that is larger than the case body is and which seats against or into the cylinder block to provide headspace control to keep the cartridge from moving too far forward in the cylinder chamber and to provide for easily, uh, easy extraction. Nearly every centerfire semi-automatic pistol cartridge is rimless. Uh, or more precisely, has a rim the same diameter as the case body. An extractor engages this rim by entering a cantilever near the base of the case. A few designs, known as semi-rimmed, have a rim that is slightly larger than the case body diameter, but uh, these function as a rimless design. All such cases headspace on the uh, case mount although some, such as the 38 Super, at one time seated on the rim. This was changed for accuracy reasons, which prevents the round from entering too far into the chamber. Some, some cartridges have a rim that is significantly smaller than the case body. These are known as rebated rim designs and uh, almost always allow a handgun to fire multiple caliber cartridges with only a barrel and magazine change. Many governments and companies continue to develop caseless ammunition. That's where the entire case assembly is either consumed when the fi uh, round fires or whatever remains is injected with the bullet. So far, not one of these has been successful enough to reach the civilian market and gain commercial success. Even within the military market, use is limited. Around 1848, Sharps introduced a rifle and a paper cartridge containing everything but the primer. Uh, when these new cases had sufficient gas leaks at the chamber end, and with use of these leaks progressively worsening, this problem plagued caseless cartridges and gun systems to this day. The Daisy Hendon VL, I mentioned this once in a podcast in the past, a uh, single-shot rifle, which used caseless round in uh, 22, was produced by the Airgun Company beginning in 1968. Apparently, Daisy never considered the gun to be an actual firearm, and in 1969, the ATF ruled that it was in fact a firearm, which Daisy was not licensed to produce. Production of the guns and ammo was discontinued in 1969. They are still available on a secondary market, mainly as collector items, as most owners report that the accuracy sucks. Uh, in, 18, in 1989, Heckler & Koch, a prominent German firearms manufacturer, uh, began advertising the G11 assault rifle, which shot 4.73 by 3.3 square caseless rounds. The round was mechanically fired with an integral primer. 
1993, Voyer of Austria began selling a gun of and caseless ammunition. Their system used a primer electronically fired at 17.5 plus uh, or minus 2 volts. And uh, the upper and lower limits pre uh, prevent the fire from uh, either stray currents or static electricity. The direct electrical firing eliminates the mechanical delays associated with the striker producing lock time and, uh, and reducing lock time and allowing for easier adjustment of the tr uh, rifle trigger. Just adjust the voltage. Hell yeah, let's do this. In both instances, the case was molded directly from solid nitrocellulose and which itself relatively strong and inert. The bullet and primer were glued uh, into the propellant block. So this all went in there and everything disappeared when you pull the trigger. Well, that's all I got for these cartridges. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to get with us, uh, send us an email. Got any bitch bikes or complaints to uh, gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M smoke at yahoo.com. So until next time, y'all take care. We'll, we'll be back and see you soon. Cowboy went right now, one dark and windy day.